Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we have a teen drama show to talk to you about today, and it is a doozy. It was an episode. <laughs> so many things. I'm going to begin by, we usually start like the, the once we start getting into the show by saying the title, but I kind of want to say it right now. Let's talk about it. Because it's Firewalk With Me, which is the Twin Peaks movie, so... Cool, and it has some to do, but not thematically. Thematically, it has to do with the entire series because it's been no secret that this series is twins peaky. Though, it, though, it's never one of the. Is it has uh, Roberto ever like said Twin Peaks is a? I you know he hasn't talked a lot in the articles that I've read, which yeah. has been few. I haven't seen a lot about his inspirations, to be honest. He, he, he's talked about his inspirations for seasons, hasn't he? He said, like, like this this season he was thinking, like, a lot of true detective stuff. I think so. Or have we just put those facts on I feel, him? No, I feel, I feel like I, I definitely read that, that it might it was something he said or not. I don't know. He says a lot. But there's no way this show is not inspired by Twin Peaks. That's literally impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Though it is worth mentioning, the weird thing about Twin Peaks now is that it's so ingrained in a lot of, like, pop culture and public consciousness. And there's a lot of things like that. We're getting to this weird stage where you can be inspired by something. And not realize you were. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, but it's inspired by this other thing, which was inspired by this thing, which was inspired by this thing. Yeah, but Madden Amichk, who plays, um, I'm sorry... I totally butchered her name, but you know who I mean. She plays Alice Cooper. Yeah. She was on Twin Peaks. Yes. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost sad that she isn't featured more in this episode. It's true. Mm. You know, Alice Cooper loves her daughter so much. (laughs) I mean. She really thinks she she has her daughter's best interests at at heart. I mean, that is the absolute crazy thing is that she firmly believes that her daughter is self-sabotaging and is not Alice (laughs) sabotaging everything. It's almost more horrifying. It's true. All right. Well, we can get to the show, but we should probably address something to begin with. So this past week, um, we're recording on a Sunday. This news broke on Monday. Yep. Mid-morning. And we have to acknowledge the life and art and passing of Luke Perry. Notice that I am, in fact, calling him Luke Perry right now, not Luke Perry Andrews. <laughs> that's his, that's his that's real his name. real name. Despite the fact that he was, by all accounts, not just the best dad on TV, he was literally the best dad <laughs> on TV to yeah. all of these sweet, sweet kids who are acting on the show. Yep. Um, Luke Perry, and by all accounts, just a great amazing human being we have a friend who's quite involved in the film scene yeah who doesn't really like anyone or anything yeah and she has nothing but glowing things to say having having met luke perry she has nothing but amazing things to say about him he was a great mentor a great ally a i think i read joss whedon said that he was a character actor in a leading man's body yeah and him having passed away is a huge loss yeah to you know future generations of actors who could have learned from him yeah and i'll I'll say this now because uh at at our core we are a comedy show so we aren't going to obviously dwell on this for too long it is a a terrible thing that has happened it's supremely unfortunate in many many aspects uh but we we can't not mention it and we tend to look at the show 
really in a vacuum. Like yeah. we don't do research about what's coming. We don't. Yeah, we try. We try to just take the show as it is. So we're going to try not to let it change the way we react to the show. Though, to be fair, if you've listened to any episodes of our show, you know we love the character of Luke Perry Andrews. Yes, yes. So we will uh, we'll continue on uh, doing what we're doing. Uh, we're, 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 we, we want to be a place that people are listening to, they're happy about. So Yeah, so rest assured, we love you, Luke Perry. But Riverdale, you're Riverdale. And we're going to begin with that right now. Because this is season three, episode 14, Fire Walk With Me. Fire Walk With Me. So, uh, back at the old Cooper homestead. This may be one of my favorite uses of Jughead's voiceover opening. Oh, so good. He's reading the ad that yeah. Alice, or I guess it's not the ad, it's like the write-up that you get when you walk into an open yeah, house. Yeah, he, he's, Alice is getting her house all ready to sell, and Jughead is being like, uh, you know, a post-colonial, or mid-colonial, I can't remember what it, what it yeah. was, mid-colonial on an Elm Street, might actually be on Elm, Elm Street. Street. It, they do literally live on Elm Street. Yeah. Uh... Uh, three baths and this many four bedrooms. Four bedrooms. A great place to raise a family. Maybe next to or across the street from the Andrews. It's very unclear. You know, those are very sweet men. (laughs) Yep, yep. They're very close by. Uh, And then Alice swings open the door and and goes, I'm Alice Smith and I'm so excited for you to be here. And And she brings in a young couple coming to the tour of the house. Now, Alice is dressed like old Alice, yes. professional Alice, together Alice. Yeah, she's ready to sell her house. No realtors needed because it's Alice. Why, Why would she ever hire anyone to do something? <laughs> yeah, Alice is her own thing. I'm not sure if she's still working at the newspaper. No, Hiram not, owns that newspaper. So I'm not sure who's working at that newspaper. Uh, but the what I, we should say is the capstone to this to this wonderful opening scene is an even more wonderful moment um, where we learn Betty's plan. Betty is literally standing behind the tourees. <laughs> she she all but does the uh, the risky business slide into frame, <laughs> and she is punking Alice's tour. She's like, yeah, this is a this is a wonderful living room where my serial killer father tried to kill us. Also coming with the fireplace is the fire shovel that my mom used to stop my serial killer father, the Black Hood, from murdering us. It is a great scene, and man, I love Lily Reinhold. I love Betty, but I love Lily Reinhold doing this. <laughs> so that is, that's why we featured her on International Women's Day. She does some truly fantastic face acting in this episode the amount of times where you just look at your face and you get everything that's going on is man she's real good betty cooper it's march 10th 2019 and you are our hero <laughs> uh i don't really have a, sli- a, a, a there's a, no segue there's no segue to this next scene because we learned that a weird fact about archie and his boxing archie is not paying to go to the gym how did he get into the gym how did this i guess kevin keller's dad sheriff not sheriff keller brought him there and then archie just started going on his own <laughs> yeah so mo the guy who owns the gym is like archie you have to pay to come here yeah don't you have a school gym and Archie's like, ooh, ooh, ooh I'll money. Fi- I'll find a way to pay. And then Mo's like, I guess you can just work here. I'll just give you an internship. 
I mean, that's not bad. You work at, I mean, you, both you and Brian do something like have that. have worked at gyms. Where you work at a gym to work out at the gym. It's true. It's a good deal. So, yeah, I guess Archie. I don't understand why Archie's concerned about paying the dues. And <laughs> why his dad can't pay them. I think he hasn't told his, no, no, the boxing is not a secret. <laughs> because later his dad finds out about. I'm not terribly sure what is and what is not a secret in this show. Archie just gets flustered by obstacles in life. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of getting flustered. So there is a showdown at school. The ex-gargoyles who are now serpents are just kind of being creeps I in I am going room. to keep calling them the gargoyles because they keep calling them the gargoyles. And they're specifically different from the serpents. Well, no, they are serpents, but they call them gargoyles. And the only serpents who are left. Almost as like a slur, I guess. Yeah. And the only serpents who are left really are Fang, Sweet Pea, and Jughead. Which which makes me more than more than more than sure that like eighty-five percent of at least the baby serpents membership was female. Yeah. Which it which means that was already pretty much a girl gang. So anyway, the gargoyles are in there being creeps, playing griffins and gargoyles. And then the farm comes in, and also like, kind of being creeps. And they're like, we have this room booked. And then Cheryl comes in. <laughs> and she's like, No, we have this room booked. And when when the farm is like, No, you don't, Cheryl's only response is, I will kill you. How dare you question your president? She <laughs> I don't quite get think she knows how much power the student council president actually has because she seems to believe that she is an untouchable goddess and i'm also not sure why she's stepping into this fray but well because she needs this room for reasons so then it becomes like i guess a three-way like brawl between the farm and the gargoyles and the pretty poisons slash cheryl all ends with tony and jughead being dragged into weatherby's office yeah not evelyn why is it Who Evel- was an instigator? She was actually there. Yeah, he and and when when uh, Jughead and Tony are brought in, someone runs up and says, "Hey, the farmies, the gargoyles, <laughs> and you may, he might say the serpents." I wasn't paying too much yeah, attention. Yeah, I don't remember either. Um, and the uh, and, and the pretty poisons are having a brawl, which means everyone knows the farm was involved. Why but not Weatherby? I guess maybe Weatherby's supposed to be in on the farm. It's seeming more and more that he's just incompetent. He just hates gangs, Kevin. He, he was so creepy in the first like season where he was like mr andrews and now he just sort of this weirdo who lets people kidnap girls from his school yeah <laughs> i don't know but he uh he attacks tony and Jughead. he's like get your house in order yeah i'm tired of gang activity someone broke into my lab and stole equipment that could be used to make drugs and i think maybe one of you might do it <laughs> and Jughead and Tony are both like what one more strike <laughs> how does he have any proof that children did this. Also, why does FP not know about this? You know, the sheriff. I don't know. There seems to be this weird delineation between sheriff and school. <laughs> and the sheriff cannot walk in the school. Mm, no. No, that one time they did that at the other school was like, wow, that's big news. That was too bad. That uh, was too terrible. Sure. <laughs> it has got to feel like the school is a, is like a safe... It's like a... Not, it, what, what is it? A non-extradition... <laughs> School. It's like being in international waters. Yeah, you can't touch me. I'm in the school. That means Ooh. I'm under school rules. Oh, hello, Mr. Andrews. You're under school rules, One I see. One more strike. <laughs> Makes no sense. So, I guess now it's nighttime, but the way this these scenes are lined up is like this is happening at the exact same time. Yeah. Veronica's having a really hard day at Le Bon Wee. Yeah, Gladys and her servants are partying because, as we remember, it was a th- it was kind of a throwaway line I almost forgot. 
the serpents are no longer guarding the Bon Nui. Yeah. Apparently one of Gladys's things is that like they just not even they they would keep doing that to get money. They just yeah. had to stop immediately because it's distracting them from what's important which is i which guess is making drugs i suppose i don't know what gladys's thing is here well she wants to take over the drug trade but this entire episode she's just kind of like getting drunk <laughs> yeah so she's hard partying with some other adult serpents and then hiram is in there with some fancy man he's having a business meeting and at his daughter's bar. At his daughter's bar. It, it's, we do learn a little bit later, it kind of sounds like he might be implying it's his bar. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious <laughs> that he's like, that he's like, yes, he's this is my bar. He's credit for his daughter's project. <laughs> Which is a very Hiram thing, I feel like, to do. Like, but he is getting free drinks for his daughter owes him money. Which is fair. Which is fair. Gladys is just sort of being a jerk because she owes her money, which I guess is also... Fair. I didn't realize that uh, Le Bon Wee was now an adult hangout, not a teen hangout. Yeah, I guess they also they're, they're actually selling alcohol because... Because then we fast forward to Veronica monologuing about how hard her life is while Reggie drinks a scotch with a King Ice Cube. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was apple juice with the King Ice Cube. Who knows? <laughs> and remember when the first season, you're like, these kids are drinking. And I was astonished. Aaron, no, they are. We They were always drinking. They just, for some reason, don't make a huge deal out of it. I think it's because Archie doesn't drink very much. I guess that's true. So Veronica needs, she wants to pay off these people. She wants to get them off her back. They're, she owes them way too much money. When do they make the most money, Reggie? Well, that was that was at the beginning of the season, Veronica. Well, no, this was mid season, right after before before the, the quarantine. We're mid season right now, so right before the quarantine. Before the quarantine. Well, well, Veronica, that was when we had this casino. Mm, maybe in my secret speakeasy. Speakeasy. We should make a secret casino. No one will know. Oh, uh, you know, I won't dwell on what you just said there. Thank you. So. It is worth mentioning that Veronica seems to believe this speakeasy is a secret. And there's no way it can be. All right, because Rachel's like, how will we get away with that? And she's like, well, I already have a secret secret. <laughs> okay, so now, hard now to we say. can't. Secret speakeasy. Secrets. It's, it's a tongue twister. I am going to do this to warm up for theater performances. Secret speakeasy. Secret speakeasy. Yeah, not a secret speakeasy. Maybe. Mm. Mm. So with her. You can't see me, but I'll do air quotes. Secret speakeasy. She's going to have a secret casino. Because if there's one thing Veronica does this season, it's repeat plots it's, it's, over and over. Two things she's done before. <laughs> so, I think this is also at the same time. Yeah. Archie is just hanging out in the gym in the dark cleaning it. Yeah, he, he has an aversion to turning on lights in this episode. So... It'll begin now, and I do not believe Mo told him to do this. <laughs> There's no way Mo was like, yes, teenage boy, do clean the gym at midnight on a school day. I don't want anyone to see you being the janitor. I feel like he was just like, well, now I have to clean up. So he just stayed there. He, like, worked out until everyone left, and now he's cleaning. Yeah, so he's sweeping, but he was hearing a noise. And then Josie comes in, and she's like, you have been here for so many hours. Can we please have a date now? Yeah, until that noise comes again, and it's like a ch noise. What is that? They're like, oh, let's investigate. They go up to a, they go up to a door, and Archie stabs it open with a broom. And there is a small boy holding a lighter that he's been like it's lit now, but he's he, just been flicking it. He's just been 
flicking that bick. I mean, it's a Zippo, but... And I mean, I say he's a small boy. I'd say he's eight, nine. Probably older than that. I think he's like 11 or 12. Really? I don't know. Okay, Archie's 16. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, yeah, probably eight, eight yeah, or nine. Yeah, eight or nine. All right. This uh, show's weird. So we learned that this boy, his is, name is Ricky. And they're going to take him to get some food. So they take him to Pop Tate's. And Josie actually does a great job of very kindly being like, you got some parents? <laughs> yeah, she really much, very much wants to try to get an adult in this in some way. But you know what? As soon as they mention adults, that boy takes off running. Yeah, it's like, no, Betty knows social workers, and that boy is gone. Luckily, Archie is also very fast. <laughs> yeah. So he catches up with him. And we learned that the boy uh, used to be in some form of uh, care. And it was called the Santa Lucia Shelter. But yes. something very bad happened there. He cannot go back there. He was branded because he rolls up his sleeve. And he has the sacrifice brand. Ah, which, which instantly connects Archie to this. And it turns out that some big kids who didn't stay at the shelter used to come there. And they used to try to make kids. Well, they yeah, they used to come by. The one day they branded him. They branded him. And he ran away. He ran away. That's yeah. the information we get right now. Yeah. And Archie's yeah. like, oh, it's me. But tiny. <laughs> My God, you're a tiny me. They should have made this kid be be a redhead, but, well, you know. You know, we'll get there. Yeah. So Archie takes this young boy back to his house, and he puts him in the garage. And he's like, there's pop and snacks in the fridge. And the boy's <laughs> My like... My father isn't here right now, for he, he works. He works so much, but tomorrow... I will teach you to fight. Ha ha. One, two punch. <laughs> you see, you see, you can't get through this alone. I had people to support me. Now, to be fair, I did not listen to them and I did run away from them. But I know you cannot be alone for when you are alone, a bear comes. Ricky, a bear will get you. It Ricky, you don't understand. It won't make sense. There should have been snow, but there won't be snow. And the bear should be hibernating, but they won't be hibernating. Ricky, a bear will find you. Look, if you just swallow... It's called this... It's, <laughs> it's, it's, sorry, I can't get the word out. It's called... <laughs> it's called the bear of self-doubt. <laughs> and the bear will maul you. Oh, like a metaphor. No, that he takes off his shirt. A real Literal. bear. Look at the bear. There are no metaphors in this world. Also, simultaneously, Cheryl is looking in the mirror and looking at her girlfriend and going, Mmm, Titi, what? Has my beauty rendered you silent? She's so bad at insight. And Tony is like, Oh my god, stop using my gang to start fights. Please. Look, if, you, if I don't want to have to kick you out of this gang as well for being a loose cannon. It's like Tony did not. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know what her girlfriend was. Well, it's it's like, like, cause she got kicked out of her other gang for pretty much the similar reason. The fact that Cheryl does not like taking orders from people, which sucks for a gang. Mm, that's the worst way. Yeah. The one thing with organized crime is that it's at least organized. And it's very organized. Yeah. So she's like, Cheryl, I might have to kick you out. Cheryl's like... Well, that would be unfortunate. Because then where would the pretty poisons meet? After all, the next meeting's going to be at my house. I feel like, I'm like, wait, that's the only threat you have, Cheryl, is where will you meet? There's other buildings. Cheryl, if you're not there to start fights, we can meet at school. <laughs> we, we can meet at school. We can meet at 
pops. We could meet the old white worm, which is not a drug lab anymore. I guess now is it's just just an empty abandoned building. building. I could ask uh, Veronica to let us meet in Le Bon Oui. She'd probably say yes. There are so many places I could meet Cheryl, but this is a very threatening moment, I suppose. This this is Cheryl turning back to heal, I guess. Yeah. She was face for a while. Now she's Now she's healed. Heal. I mean, she's always chaotic. She just does what she wants. We are going to go, go now into a scene that, for some reason, felt so weird to me. It was shakes you to the core a little bit. Because it was almost too normal. Because there are all four... Main characters. The ones who were sitting at the booth at the beginning. We're talking Archie. We're talking Betty. We're talking Veronica. And we're talking Jughead. And they're just sitting around talking about... In the student lounge. In the student lounge. Catching up on their storylines. Hey, so what are you doing? Well, I found a boy. How about you? Still investigating (laughs) that uh, farm. Uh, hey, Jughead, how's le- leading a gang going? Not good. Not good, friends. <laughs> Veronica's still kind of doing crime, kind of actually not doing crime. I don't do crime. I have a secret speakeasy. Y- yes, Veronica, no one knows about it. <laughs> it's very secret. Unfortunately, this great catching up is interrupted by the farm walking in and Kevin giving Betty the biggest side eye. The sideiest side eye. Ew, I, I would say that's not even side eye, Aaron. It's stink eye. It, the, the smell radiates off of it. He hates his best friend. Oh, he's so mad at her. Because she... Well, well, she, go, well she goes to talk to him, and she's like, hey, I just we haven't talked in a while. He's like, what? What? You just want to be a detractor? I don't need you, Betty. <laughs> well, no, she, it's, it's, it's always the phrasing that gets in with me. Is He was like, no, Betty, you're a detractor. It's like, yes, she is. That's not, That's not a bad thing. It's not by its nature a bad word. You're all just idiots. Now, it is unfortunate that Betty, I mean, to be fair, Betty had a lot going on in her life. Yeah. It's unfortunate that she didn't realize how devastated Kevin would be by the loss of Moose and she wasn't there for him the way the creepy Evelyn was. Yeah. I but. Mean, no, to be entirely fair, Betty also had some real shit stuff going on and she didn't really have a lot of time to get in there because from what i could tell it was like a weekend (laughs) it was so fast kevin went from zero to cultist in an instant he was at his lowest low and no one knew not even his sister josie so now we have a scene kevin where jughead is a cool leader yeah not a normal leader (laughs) He leans on a desk. I would say he's not even, like, just a cool leader. He's a cool teacher. He's like, oh, I'm going to get through to these kids. How do I reach these serpents? What do I do? Yeah, so... Uh, do, so, so What's yeah, actually happening? What, what, what he's doing. Well, also, he's... Because he's leaning against the front of his uh, his desk. He's got one... Or, like, you know, the teacher desk. Because this is their yeah. swords and serpents meeting. So that they can have meetings at the school. Yeah, he's got one leg up, like, on the desk... And the other, like, planted down. He's got his arms crossed in a dramatic way. Well, let's just say I'm surprised that he isn't trying to figure out what's going on at home. Come on. Let's dig deep. What What's motivating you guys today? Let's wrap this out, dudes. Instead, he's just like, hey, what's wrong with you all? <laughs> Did any of you steal lab equipment? And Kurtz pops up and goes, ah, uh, yes. Our raiding of the Alchemist's Slayer was our greatest triumph to date. I'm going to be honest, I kind of thought Hiram did it. 
<laughs> yeah, he wants to make drugs. Yeah, but but I guess this is probably for Gladys so she can make drugs because she also really wants to make drugs. It's true. And Jughead does not think of that ever. Yeah. So the Gargoyles stole the equipment because they raided the lab. And then Jughead is, oh, my God, furious. He's so mad. He slams the desk. Well, before he slams the desk, Sweet Pea, no, uh, Fangs. Fangs gets all up in Kurtz's yeah. face. And he's like, don't you know? We don't do crime. Yeah, they keep on saying honor. Like, they, whenever they refer to it, it's like, oh, the Gargoyles have no honor. It's like, oh, they're not honorable. But really, it's that the serpents don't want to commit crime. They just want to be tough boys who protect people. Yeah. But yeah, so Fangs is up in his face. Kurt uh, snaps back with the fact that, you know, Fangs was a spy for, for like two days. And then Jughead loses his mind. Yeah, he's, he, he threatens to kick the gargoyles out because, yes, Jughead. It's like Jughead finally, after the whole Penny Peabody thing was like, Maybe we should be able to kick people out of our gang. <laughs> and now he's just going kick out mad. Yeah. So he's like, like, I'll kick you out like I kicked out those two girls who kept doing crime. And then Kurtz is like, hmm, I don't know. If you look at this room, there's more extras wearing our costumes than extras wearing your costumes. Ooh, which are very similar because they're just black leather. But the gargoyles, I guess, have gloves. Yeah. Uh. And are more disheveled. I guess. Uh, or, so if you're not careful, we'll kick you out of our gang and Jughead's like that's not how this works am I the leader of the get we're we're back to man we're back to season one am I the leader of a gang (laughs) am I not what is my place in this gang who's the leader of the gang and also do I just lead these kids where did the adults go are they just with Gladys I guess is my dad still the leader of the big serpents and I'm the leader of the baby serpents is Gladys the leader of the big serpents where did the grown-ups go uh, well, I'll tell you where they aren't. They're at this casino. This casino will be run strictly by children. Children who are very impressed by the steps that Veronica and Reggie put in place to hide the casino games. Yeah, so it's it's classic speakeasy steps. Uh, I mean, let's be clear. The, the speed at which these were in there tells me they were in there before, but she makes it seem like, oh, we just did some Look additions. Look we did. Because, like, the, uh, the slots can roll into the wall and the... Uh, the roulette wheel hides behind a false wall, and they can flip all these things up. What I'm really hoping is that someone installed a camera, <laughs> and someone will be watching that camera feed to see if FP is coming. Well, now this is something worth mentioning, Aaron. Why are, like, I thought that... You have to have a gambling license. Well, I know that, and I guess the the... I mean, I guess this is because they're selling alcohol, but they're underage. But they're, the White Worm was also doing that. But this so is I guess, owned by children. So I guess it is a secret speakeasy, but it's really not. Like, like FP if, has been there. He knows about it. And strictly, I thought I thought what they were worried about is if Gladys or Hiram showed up. I thought that maybe they're trying to keep a secret from them for some reason. But they're not. They're not. They're trying to keep a secret from the police, which is, as far as we know, just FP. And wouldn't a really easy solution be getting Pop Tates, who I assume is still the yeah adult to get a gambling license? Yeah, I mean, he has a. Li- I'm sure he has a liquor he license. He has a liquor license. He must. So. I feel like he could get a gambling license. And technically, he is still the adult signatory on all documents, I assume. Or, or I feel like just talking to FP, like, considering how his gang used to be, like, I feel like FP and Veronica do not have an adversarial relationship. He doesn't like Hiram, but, 
like his gang was protecting her place for a long while. Mm-hmm. And Gladys clearly isn't going to stand in the way. And so that means FP would have known they were serving alcohol. Yeah, so why can't they just be like, hey, FP, please don't raid our casino? We need it so that we can get Hiram off our back. And he'd be like, hmm, I understand plots. I will say this casino will not get raided this episode. So no. I feel like this might just be a cool thing for them to show off speakeasy stuff. And I mean, all those teenagers are real impressed about the speakeasy stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So we have a scene that will happen numerous times this episode <laughs> where Jughead monologues at his dad. Yep. Speaking about of FP. Honor. About gargoyles, about how is he going to bring these boys together? How am I going to reach these kids? And uh, FP is like, you have to get a reason for these serpents to put on that jacket, to get up in the morning. They need to be proud. You need to make them the serpents that you want them to be, not the serpents that I had. Like, I don't know what serpents either of you had. <laughs> Both of you hated crime. What are your What are your wants? Like, your wants is for the serpents to be... Good? A thing. It, their, their want is for the serpents to exist, which they I basically want to change the serpents from a crime bike gang into a service club, like the, the Kingsmen or the Lions. But but they but they both like it's like neither of them realizes what they want. They still want him to be a gang. They're like we still have to be a gang and a family, but we help people. But we're a gang, and no one messes with us. And we help people, but we're a gang. So really, they want them to be the Shriners. I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know anyone's motivations this episode. I don't even know what Gladys wants. Uh, <sighs> so Archie goes to Pop Tate's because we learned earlier that he had left Ricky there all day, not a, not, not hiding his house in his. I guess he wanted an adult to look after Ricky. That's fair, and not just a blank room. Smart, good Archie. Oddly, good work. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Archie he goes to Pop Tate's to find Ricky, but he finds that the kid ran because some thugs appear and starts like pounding on the window, and he got real scared and ran out through the kitchen. He also made a drawing though. It's a sacrifice drawing. It's a creepy gargoyle God, D&D murder. D&D and cults and it's <laughs> and Archie is like, oh geez, I thought the storyline was over. What is... Man, this is very it is actually weirdly intricate. It's not even like, you know, the old like kid photos where it's like, here's a here's the ground and here's a house and here's me and here's the devil. <laughs> this is all this kid did all day. It's like a landscape painting with many people and it has perspective. Different colors. He's a real art genius, this boy. Oh man, but, he... that, but Aaron, can it be a future for him? Is what Archie is thinking. Oh, is this a viable option? Is this Hold on, Pops. Is this a viable option for this kid? (laughs) Can he do art? Can he do cult art? And what about for me, Pop? Do I have a viable future in taking kids off the street? I... I don't know, Art... I don't know, Archie, please... Archie, you're 16. Archie, please leave. Just graduate high school, buddy. Speaking of creepy cult stuff... I guess Betty's in the school after hours for reasons. I assume she was working on something for the paper. And she walks out and she sees a sign that says farming happening in here. Well, it's the farm me- farming meeting, farm thing. Yeah, and she's it's like, a chemistry lab. That's bad grammar. Now, the sign is covering up the window looking into the room. So, of course, Betty has to look through that window. And all she sees is first Kevin, yeah. but then all of the creepy farm members, except for Evelyn. Yeah. Holding their hands over a Bunsen burner. And those flames burn hot. Bunsen burner flames especially. Yeah. Like, that's not a candle, dudes. 
you could do some serious fourth degree burn damage. Yeah, like that could reach the bone. Like I, I feel like they didn't think about this. Like, like that's not a candle. That's mm. not a candle. I should have done in like the home ec room or something with candles. Yeah. So they're all and they're man, those hands are getting Close. cooked through. Like those are going to leave obvious scars. But they don't. Yeah. I, I wish I looked later to see if Kevin was wearing. I guess they all. I think they're all kind of wearing gloves in the when they're in like oh later. yeah they're outside. Yeah. But I, don't know, I wish I could learn if he was was now wearing gloves forever. Forever. Because that'll scar. Anyway, it's burning. We cut back to Betty, and she has the best expression on her face. Which is essentially just, what? what? Why? I'm even horrified. It's just sort of She's confused. Like, what is this madness? She had the same face that we had watching this. We're like, what is going on? What's happening? So, short scene. Betty and Archie meet the social worker. Yeah. And also a guest Sketch police. artist. Sketch artist. <laughs> They're gonna fi- they're gonna find that boy. Well, like, well, we guys don't have any records of him. They're just like, hey, Archie was like, hey, I found a boy. He said his name was Ricky. <laughs> That's not very helpful, I know. But I would like him to have a yeah. home. Yeah, but the the sketch artist uh, he he made a sketch of the boy, and Archie is like shocked by it, like how good <laughs> it was. Like, oh, my God, is this a viable future for you? <laughs> I mean, can, can you draw people forever? I mean, I'm a police sketch. Okay. Archie's just trying to figure out what futures are. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He does, but he wants a a copy of the drawing so he can guess. Still do his own, you know, work. It's a short scene that plays for drama and is not dramatic, really. Hiram comes into Veronica's room and he's like, "Hey, I hear do, you're doing a casino. Well, that's some good initiative. I have a plan that I would like to produce playing cards in my for-profit prison. Yes, I I know this guy who who might like if I could do a business deal with him. He'll, his playing cards will be produced in my prison, where I'll pay the people a, a wage. And Veronica's like, "That's shady." Uh, and me and Eric are like, "No, no, that is how for for-profit prisons work." And not only that, he's he's not, but he's also paying the prisoners. And I'm sure they will be paid like nine cents an hour or something, but that's pretty typical for prison wages, which I know from watching Orange is the New Black. And the fact that he's paying at all, and it's not just like... Slave labor. Slave labor is insane choice that this show made is like, oh, and he's paying them. Because Hiram, Hiram Lodge. Why would he pay them? The The last things that those prisoners made... We're drugs. Well, the prison is not open yet. Or is it? Aaron, I don't know. I don't know. It's, this could be him setting it up for when the prison is open, honestly. That's true, but it could also be open. Could also be open. Uh, But the the, the tone of this is that like, oh man, what an evil plan he hatched. And he's going to make money. It's like, well, yes. Yeah. Like, he's actually doing something legal for once. Like, like t- whether whether or not your your feelings on for profit prisons or prisons or anything like that, this is probably one of the least shady things that Hiram has done has ever done. <laughs> and I'm including in that the the quarantine that didn't do anything. So he wants to bring his business partner to the speakeasy so he can, like, wine and dine him. Veronica's like, well, I'll make him feel welcome if you give me 5% off my debt. And Hiram's like, hmm, business dealings. I like it. Yeah, and this leads us right into another business deal where Gladys is like, heard you doing a casino. Did you know that I can be entertainment sometimes? I like to sing. They called me the Joan Jett of Riverdale when I sang of the White Worm. I want to sing here. Veronica was like, 
you know what? It worked once. Hey, Gladys, sure, 5% off. And Gladys is like, deal. So Hiram is trying to get a million dollar, like, business deal for 5% <laughs> off, and she just wants to sing. You know, if there's one thing I've learned about Gladys, maybe not a great business person, <laughs> but very good at crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, Hiram actually might be good at business. He's real bad at crime. Meanwhile, Gladys, good at crime, not very good at business. So maybe if Gladys and Hiram teamed up, we would have unstoppable unstoppable supervillain team. That is possible. Or you're assuming that their strengths will fit with each other. Or their weaknesses will fit with each other. (laughs) That's true. And you'll just get two people who are really bad at business and really bad at crime. And want to sing way too much. I was like, in this scene, I was just thinking, like, this is a ploy, right? It has to be. A, it's not. <laughs> Some sort of trick. I'm going to spoil it, guys. It's not. It's, it's not. It's not. So, Aaron. Yes, Aaron. What are you drinking tonight? Well, our loyal listeners... Exciting has happened here in Canada. <laughs> Spring is knocking on our door. Yeah. Is it here yet? I don't want to jinx it. There's still snow on the ground, but the parts where people are walking is starting to like move off to the side. We're getting paths. Yeah. When I was in my car driving here, it was too hot to wear my coat, my winter jacket in my car. Yeah. I mean, outside, I kind of still needed the winter jacket, but in the car. Yeah, without the wind. Whew. Warm. So, I am having one of my favorite little spring indulgences. I have a can of rosé house wine (laughs) to celebrate the spring. Good old can of wine. Can of wine. I don't think the value is great on these, which is why they have to be an indulgence. Yeah, that's fair. But there is something about drinking wine out of a can that just... Also, I appreciate it called house wine because it's called house wine and there's a drawing of a house on it. And you know when you go to a restaurant and you're like, hey, I'll just have a glass of your house wine. Yeah. Real capitalizing on that. (laughs) So this is just like a standard rosé, although it is carbonated. So it's bright, fruity, and flavorful. Ooh. Ooh. Would you like some? It's really good. Well, you said that it's not a very good deal, so I don't want to, you know, make it even less of a good deal. Oh, by taking a sip. Thank yeah. you for valuing my cash money, Kevin. I value your value. You. Well, I value you valuing my value. Ooh, and I value... Can't do this. No, we're done. Uh, we, we cook a scene where Betty goes to talk to Josie. It says to be like, hey, Josie, your brother crazy. And Josie's like, hmm. Wait, he, wait, what? Wait, what are you saying? He's crazy? And Betty's like, the farm. <laughs> He was super sad about Moose leaving. Apparently, no one did anything. Because we were all too caught up in stupid Archie's storyline. I'm, I'm, part of me is assuming that he, that he was like, oh man, Moose left. Like, like this is the day Moose left. Like, Moose left. And I think he went to go talk to his dad. And then Evelyn was like, mm. Evelyn stepped out of the bushes like Homer in that, uh. <laughs> that Simpsons Yeah, gif? yeah, just like steps in like, hello, Kevin. Have you thought about cults? I hear your boyfriend left. Are you sad? I know something that can make you less sad. Put your hand over this Bunsen burner. (laughs) Soon you will feel nothing. Man, the speed. The speed. It turns out that Kevin's been sneaking out at nighttime. Yeah. Josie thought that he was going cruising. (laughs) Which I thought we we agreed. I guess the the Black Hood isn't around anymore. That's true. It's safer. Yeah. But. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, Kevin. 
Archie did the smartest thing Archie has ever done. He he makes he makes the connection that because Ricky had the branding that somehow G and G is obviously involved. So he thinks that the gargoyles are somehow involved. So he goes to Jughead and he says, Jughead, can we ask the gargoyles about this? This is insane. Usually what Archie would do is like stand around for a little bit being like, but what's happening? What have I done to cause this to occur? <laughs> this is my fault. He actually goes through this entire episode, I think, without blaming himself for this. Until the end. Well, he, uh, yeah, but it's not really him blaming himself. It's him realizing that things ha- he, things have occurred. He does apologize to his dad. That's true. And his dad's like, uh, buddy, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but he, 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 we see growth from Archie in this episode. It's some real growth. So Jughead takes Archie to the secret bunker, the sex bunker, the if sex you bunker, will. where all of the gargoyles and serpents are gathered. Yeah, where Jughead begins by going, just before we begin, everyone, just so you know, this is the bunker where sex happens. So don't touch anything. Unless you've wiped it off first. But just so you're aware, sex, sex bunker. Also, Fangs and Sweet Pea may have murdered a man. It's Unrelated. Fine. Here is a picture of a boy. This boy is missing. We're all going to go find him. And, and he focuses on the gargoyles, being like, "We think it might be have anything, you know, something to do with this." Are any of you involved? And Kurtz is like, "I do what I want." <laughs> there, are, I'm not the word. There are gargoyles, like outliers, people you don't even know. <laughs> so Jughead's like, like, "Okay, so you know them, so yeah, let's this gargoyle's go." Creepier than Kurtz. I know. Kurtz runs off. The other gargoyles are like, oh, man, I'll help you find a boy. Yeah, I I don't want to. You know, I thought I was into drugs and games, but <laughs> boys are going missing. No. Turns out there's other things going on. Like, I've like my entire life was that creepy house, I guess. But now that I've been in the daylight, I'm like, huh, vitamin D helps my cognitive functions. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to be a good person. So, so I'm going to start calling like these gargoyles like sub-gargoyles because they're still gargoyles, but apparently there are other gargoyles. That are more gargoyle Yeah, there's like super gargoyles and, and there's sub-gargoyles. Who will soon be probably serpents. be serpents. Yeah, but which for... Which means they'll stop wearing their gloves. I guess. Anyway. People need... Everyone needs to stop wearing black. They, they say the pretty poisons wear purple. It's dark. I was purple. unaware that they were wearing purple jackets. Yeah, I thought it was just more black. <sighs> so, simultaneously to this, Gladys gets her singing debut at Le Bonnui. And it was not a trick. She just wanted to sing. And she's very, very good at it, actually. Yeah, but the VIP is shadier than Hiram. I th- so, I guess this guy is a criminal. And he is, in the words of Reggie, an asshat. Just making, just making playing cards, like, making playing cards is legal. Why is he a criminal? He's got so many rings on. He's sitting there doing, like... I mean, he could just be an asshat. Like, that's true. But it feels, he, he feels, feels real very shady. scummy. And he's making all these, like, pseudo-under-his-breath comments about how bad Gladys is. Yeah. And Reggie sees the writing on his wall, on the wall, and he's like, "I gotta kick this guy out." But he can't. He's the VIP until until Gladys, who has been nosing the entire time, stops and just the music stops with her too. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, and just brings out a knife. And then Veronica's like, "Oh yeah, you can k- kick him out." And Reggie's like, "You gotta go." Which, yeah. to be fair, Reggie is protecting that man's life. It's true. Gladys would have stabbed him so hard. <laughs> like we, if there's one thing we know about Gladys. She is the one of the few people on the show 
who has killed someone and is still, like, going about. Mm-hmm. She's straight up, like, obliterated Penny. And it was fun. Unless if... <laughs> can't you always just see Penny Peabody just reappearing somewhere, just being like, didn't actually die? Oh! <laughs> Her arm is just wrapped up in so many band-aids. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was dead. I'm the immortal. I'm here forever. I am she who walks behind. Well, speaking of walking... Mmm... Betty heads off into the forest to find another cult meeting. And it turns out that Evelyn is not just the leader of the women of the cult, she's also the leader of the baby cult. She may just be the leader when Edgar isn't around, if Edgar's a real person. It's insane that there is a baby cult, baby serpents, baby speakeasy. And the fact that Evelyn is... Oh, yeah, yeah, so you're right. Yeah, there's a baby version of everything. <laughs> Oh, I'm remembering the fact that Evelyn is so prevalent across all levels yeah. of the cult. She is very in charge. Yeah. Anyway, so they're all they're all wearing white, and there is a pit of hot, hot coals. coals. And Kevin Keller is going to walk across them hot coals. You know, so the secret of the hot coal, like the hot coal walk, is actually... Do it fast and not think about it. Yeah, and it actually doesn't... Like, because the way the coals work, the top layer is actually really, really cool because so, of the, all yeah. the ashes there. So if you keep moving and you don't let your weight settle, you're fine. Yeah, it's actually not... Like, it's, it looks really, really cool, but it's actually not super dangerous. Unless Betty runs in and shouts, stop, stop. <laughs> As Kevin's walking across. So I'm like, no, don't stop, Kevin. Keep going. Don't worry. He doesn't listen to her. And then Evelyn proclaims that he is purified. He is whole. They are one. Man, this is... I'm, I was thinking, was like, man, the kids have it a lot easier than the adults who have to drown someone. It's true. Like, and They're doing something that is objectively safe-ish. Yeah, the, the thing with the, the, the firewalk is that it's also a perfect cult thing because it's something that looks more and feels more impressive than it actually is. And unless you've read about the science ahead of time, you do think that you've been transported. Yeah, so... <laughs> though Evelyn feels shocked that he... It looks like she's, like, shocked oh, that he did it. Yeah, her face looks shocked that it worked. <laughs> I feel like she's about the same thing with the drowning. What if any of this stuff is, like, <laughs> she's just making it up as she goes? She's like, I hope this works out. Jughead takes Archie to the drug hole. Yeah, the, because the, 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 the Griffins and Gargoyles drug house. Out? Which I guess I thought was, like, a, a cave... It's a house. I knew it was a house, but I thought it was, you know. Dune would have been really cool if it was the old white worm. I'm wondering if it is. It's way too small. We see it in the light later. Yeah, you're right. In the last episode, it seemed vacuous and open. Well, I'm wondering if we're just seeing, like, a corner of it. Maybe, but I feel like if that I feel was like the, it's the a case, house or something. I feel like if it, that, if it was the white worm, they would it would have been more of Jughead to, like, walk up outside the white worm and be like, this is the place? But they and are I'm, in this house. They see, in sort of the light of day... The Wall of Sacrifices. I mean, no, it's very much still night, I think. Oh, no, it could be there's, day. There's I, a lot more light than there was yeah, the first time Yeah, I guess all, the, win all the windows are yeah. blocked out. You're absolutely correct. Uh, yeah, no, he sees the the names that I saw last time. I don't know if I, if I mentioned the episode. Jughead didn't see them. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think we did, but... Yeah, even though they were right behind him, you could see him on frame. It says Joaquin, and then it scratched out. I guess he was distracted by Kurt doing his Kurt sing. Ah, Kurt. Anyway, so they go to the list and all the names of all these people... Ooh, and it ends with Archie Andrews and Ricky. Does it write your last name? Ricky Lee. Oh. His name is Ricky Lee. And then 
there's a clattering because Ricky Lee continues to be the worst at hiding. He's so bad. Like when he was hiding, like he was hiding in the beginning, he was just flicking a lantern. And he had to know Archie was there. Absolutely. If there's, I bet Archie sings to himself while he mops. <laughs> I'm Arch Andrews. I'm doing a mopping. Everything's my fault. <laughs> my life is so hard that I like it. Man, could singing be my future? Oh wait, no. wait! We know he sings while he works because he said that that was when he when he wrote. That's right, when he wrote the poems, but they weren't poems; they were songs. <laughs> this episode is of people doing things they've done before, and it's called Fire Walk with Me because Kevin Keller walks across a pit of fire, and that is a reference to Twin Peaks. Is the only reason that's the title. It all goes full circle. So yeah, they find Ricky. Uh, and they take him out there. There's a moment where they look back at the wall, and we see tall boys on there. Which I'm wondering Which... how the gargoyles know tall boy is dead. Well, that just indicates to me. I mean, no, they knew, they knew tall boy was dead because they. No, cause... they don't know he's dead because Jughead said he was run out of town. Tall, but we learn later that tall boy was framed for shooting Hiram and then was shot by FP. The official story is that Tallboy... Oh, right. That's how they dealt with his body. Yes. Yeah, You're the right. official story is that Tallboy shot Hiram. Uh, FP shot Tallboy. But that should be the first indication that clearly they're just putting names on a board and scratch them out. Because he was never branded as a sacrifice. He's just a dead guy. Unless FP is the Gargoyle King. It's a twist. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Okay. So, um... Back at the school, Betty is trying to write an article to reveal, to reveal the farm. That's not the word I want to use, but you yeah, know. Yeah, it's a sort, of, sort of an expose by saying that they do cults. They are a cult that does occult activities. I like to point out that the fire walking is probably actually the least creepy thing they've done. Yeah, she definitely should have written this article after her mom almost died. Or the Bunsen burner. Yeah. Like, like having a sort of climax with a fire walk is actually, like the fire walk is, like, don't get me wrong. The atmosphere, very creepy. But the actual action, not that dangerous. They, they do that at, like, at, you know, what do you call it? Like, retreats yeah. for employees to, like, walk across. Team building. What they don't do is hold their hand over something that's meant to heat no. chemicals. Yeah. Turn liquid solids into liquids. And then liquids into solids. <laughs> that, yeah. That is such, that's such a moment that just goes right by and I can't get my head out of it. We have to move on. Anyway, Kevin and Evelyn confront her, and she's like, I'm going to expose you. And they're like, we will expose you, for we know of the shady man. Just going to remind you that – I think the, be- the big part of this thing is how Kevin knows about it. Because that mm-hmm. means that's how ingrained he is. He's so far into the farm that he knows all of Alice's secrets. Yeah. Short scene. Archie teaches Ricky to fight. Ricky explains that he was branded because he didn't want to be a part of the drug trade. Yeah, it turns out the people came to that place to get kids because kids get a lesser sentence. And I'm also like, yeah, kids also will snitch on you more. Immediately. So I assume there's more to that plan. But just saying like, oh, yeah, because kids don't go to jail for as long as... Well, you know, Ricky's just preying on the Archie. Archie's like, oh, boy's in jail. <laughs> I was in jail. I mean, juvie. Yeah, it's jail. Ugh, jail. Um, short scene. Jughead is updating the serpents about how they found the boy, but they got to find more information yeah. about who's after the boy. They got to find those gargoyle, the super gargoyles. But then the meeting is interrupted. Because Kurtz and some other gargoyle are just going to drop Fangs a story. They're going to drop him from the top of the stairs onto his head. Yeah, he's upside down. It is very scary. Yeah, uh, but they drop him, and then Archie and Jughead catch him. And just kind of break his fall. Yeah, 
And I'm thinking at this point, like, hold on, isn't this that one strike that that yeah. Weatherby was talking about? Weatherby this? was pretty insistent there was one more strike. And everyone was there. They all saw it. Maybe he was like, no, this was internal. This was them against each other. I need them against me. <laughs> I can only go if they're breaking the rules. I, I don't have an explicit rule against dropping boys on their heads. I'm both unfair and fair at the same time. I, Weatherby! I am the rule and the law! But only when the law is one that I can find in a book. That's why I couldn't stop those men from taking those girls. There was no rule against that. Nothing in the school guidebook says no men can take girls from the school. There really should be. And, and But we do know that the school laws and the real world laws are not the same laws. Not the same at all. That's in the book now. But it wasn't back then. Oh, yeah, we don't know. There's a subplot of the entire TV show where Weatherby is just furiously <laughs> updating the school guidebook over and over. In a continuation of me uh, giving uh, alignments to these people, he's lawful evil. It's true. I mean, no, wait. He's lawful neutral. He's, like, he's not doing evil things. He's just like, the law. The law is the law. He may be lawful stupid. The law is the law, and the law is not fought. I... <laughs> Something, something lame is lyrics. Not only can, he, not only will he only, will he, will he follow the law? He'll only follow the law. <laughs> he has none of his own rules. All right, so uh, I guess back at the bar, Veronica, uh, the the bon nuit, uh, Veronica is very upset because she's like, my bar's being used by all these adults. <laughs> what about me, a teenager? But wait, you know what? I have a plan, well, Reggie. Yep. I need money. Reggie, give me money. I know it's my business, but... Yeah, man, they set this up really... I'm just saying, because they set it up real, like, big, like, oh, she's got a plan. Her plan is to do, once again, the same thing she did earlier. Let's just talk about it now, because there's only two episodes before, doing. or yeah. two scenes. Yeah. yeah, so she, just like earlier, when she was having trouble at her bar and hired the serpents, now she's going to hire the pretty poisons. And Tony agrees without consulting Cheryl. Because she shouldn't have to. Because she's the leader. Just like, Veronica is just doing... She did a casino again. She did hiring a gang again. She's just... I, I'm amazed she didn't do that immediately after the serpents were like, Hey, hey, we're not allowed to guard you anymore because my mom said so. My mom says we can't be business guards anymore, which is a problem because we need to make money. Yeah, so I guess we're just not going to make any money because uh, she says that we need to... Focus on what's important. Which I don't know what that is. I don't know what anyone's motivations are. Anyway, sorry. I'm very bad my mom's... Very mad my mom's back in town. No, the Pretty Poisons did exist because that was last last episode. Yeah. Should have hired them immediately. So, meanwhile, 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 Ricky is hanging out in Archie's room, weirdly wearing his letterman's jacket. But Archie's just like, yeah, it's a pretty cool jacket. You can keep it. Please come downstairs and meet my dad. We're going to give you a good family to live with. Please meet my dad. I've realized I need adults in this (laughs) storyline. We're going to find you a place to live, and I'll check on you, and we'll hang out. Uh, Another scene between Jughead and FP, where Jughead's like, gotta find a purpose. More monologues. Yeah. Another short scene, Alice sold the house to an anonymous buyer. A mysterious overseas buyer. Now, she makes a good point. I don't know. She literally says... In Riverdale fashion, it's anonymous. Yeah. you Really, you could buy anything in Riverdale and not say your name. So, I, mean, I assume, like, farm. I assume the farm. The farm just bought it to get her there. I assume which so. Would assume, which would assume they have over... they Either either they have overseas reach or 
Evelyn told Alice, oh, yeah, no, an overseas buyer bought it. And Alice was like, okay. Cool. They're overseas somewhere. I don't know. China? I don't need. Why Why (laughs) would an overseas buyer buy a house in Riverdale, Connecticut? Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is something that's happening because everything is something. But I just love how Alice was like, okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So now we have an insane scene where we actually had to pause the viewing Yes. So our brains could melt. Yes. Uh, so it's another snakes or swords and serpents club meeting. But now FP is there and the gu- Kurt is mad. And also kind of sounds like Sweet Pea is mad. Sweet Pea just doesn't like to not be in the loop. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, so FP is there and he's all done up as sheriff. And we learned what the plan is. We learned this through a motivational monologue from Jughead. But how there needs to be purpose, and there needs to be honor, honor, and needs to be things like this. Now, audience, you need to take a minute here because nothing I can say will prepare you for what Jughead's plan is, and for what FP's plan is. What what the future of the serpents is, because FP reveals that the serpents, all of them, are being hired. So they have new full time employment. That's yeah, good. They are being deputized. To be a part of the Riverdale Police Department. Essentially, they are being hired to be snitches. Uh, They're going I, to insist, assist it, it on investigations and be the man on the street. Yeah, it. I mean, you say snitches. It sounds like they're they're be, like they get school credit, which means it's an official thing. Like they're they're becoming baby police force. Aaron, they're being Twenty One Jump Street. It. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's as undercover as 21 Jump Street is. Oh, yeah, I guess they tell Kurtz, so it yeah. can't be a secret. Yeah, they, 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 it's, it's an open thing. But I'm just going along your thing. We talk about how there's baby bar, baby... Uh, yes. That, there's baby cult. There's now baby police department, Aaron. This entire... This entire... Show is children doing adult jobs. It's... It's your <laughs> least favorite type of show. What? And... So I guess like they're all deputies, or do they all get aware? Like they, I, it sounds like they all still wear their serpents thing. I yeah. Mean, I mean, this actually sounds like a great thing to do. That if you know an ex leader of the gang is is now the sheriff, of course, like yeah, let's kind of like give those ki- put those kids on the right track. I guess yeah, let's teach them that they have options in the world. Which, of course, what the serpents want to do is not do crime. Sweet Pea loves it. I'm not sure how Gladys is going to feel. I guess it's just the kids. Yeah, and I assume they're still adults because well, Gladys has friends. Yeah, and there's no way FB is going to let those servants deal drugs because I think FB really likes being sheriff. Yeah, he 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 likes the straight and narrow life. Yeah. That's why he only did medium-sized crime. Chaotic good. <laughs> so they put it to a vote. And the vote either has to be unanimous or you're out of the serpents. Yeah. So... Uh, most of them raise their hands. The only one who doesn't is Kurtz. And he storms off into the mid-afternoon. And, man, are they excited to now be deputies. They want guns. <laughs> they are absolutely not getting guns. Oh, man. Well, yeah, because he's like, do we get a gun? And both FB and Jughead are like, no! Absolutely not. <laughs> but the boys like it. For the first time, all these gargoyle serpents have futures. Yeah, as lawmen. Yeah. Man, this is not a gang. Not a gang. It's super not a gang now. 
So in a series of insane events, there's just one prolonged scene. Archie and Ricky are playing video games, and then Archie gets a call. And it's from that social worker whose name I literally never wrote down, but it's like Miss Watts or something. I don't know, but she says, hey, we found out we found Ricky, and we found his last name. His name is Ricky DeSantos. He's Joaquin's younger brother. <gasps> he has a history of violence and self-harm. Be careful, Archie. And I don't know why this would prompt, like, the horror movie we're about to see. Where... I mean, I realized immediately, oh, he super branded himself. Oh, no, abs- no, I figured it out what it was. But just, like, the information given is like, oh, yeah, Ricky is Joaquin's younger brother. Um, also, he, like, has a history of these things. But then Archie's, like, walking around in the dark, being like, Ricky... Ricky, where'd you go? I mean, Ricky does disappear as soon as the phone rings. <laughs> that is, I, yeah, I'm not. Anyway, so he walks around, and Ricky appears behind him. And then Ricky has is a knife. Like, I have to do this. It's the only way. The only way they'll let me play with them. Yeah. So the point. So it's revealed that, that apparently he's planned this all along, which explains why he's so bad at hiding is that he wants to be caught. Mm-hmm. But man, this is a long play. Because this episode, I think, has covered a lot of time. I feel like he could have stabbed him when they were in the, like, like they were alone a few times. Numerous. He could have stabbed Archie when Archie was setting him up in the garage. Maybe maybe he was planning on killing him at the the uh, the house, which he had no reason to imagine Archie would go to but, or had knowledge of. But then Jughead was there and he was like, oh no, foiled. So I guess he's part of the super gargoyles. Or he, he wants to be. <laughs> yeah, he tries to slash Archie and Archie gets slashed. And then he runs away. Uh, well, no, then Luke Perry comes then Luke in. Mary Ar- Andrews comes up. And Archie's like, no, dad, be safe. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then he's like, then like, he apologized to his dad. Like, ah, oh, I guess I should have seen that. And, and Luke Perry Andrews like, why would you have seen that coming? Why on earth should you have? Archie, you have a big heart. <laughs> I built you that way on purpose. Why would you have assumed that the young boy you found was clearly some sort of sleeper agent in your life to kill you? Archie, no one could have seen that coming except for the viewers of the TV show we're on. I guess I guess the idea is that Ricky was hoping to stay with Archie for longer and was doing things to essentially engender himself in Archie's life. And... The, and then when Archie was like, we're going to get you a new family. He, he was, was like, like, oh, no. Got to kill him now. Got to murder right away. He, and I guess when the phone call came, he's like, I really got to do it now. Maybe he thought it was Luke Perry Andrews calling to be like, hey, I'm almost home with the snacks. I, I assume that he that he was just like, I got to find my moment. Got to find my moment. He's distracted by the phone. He, he probably also was nervous about it. Yeah. He probably didn't want to kill Archie. Archie is a nice boy. Though he got real into it when, uh, when the moment came. He was real. Yeah. Real, yeah. Also in the scene, Luke Perry Andrews finds a mission card from Griffins and Gargoyles that says, kill the Red Paladin. Yeah, that clearly... Uh, that was his Rick, mission. Rick, Ricky dropped. Yeah. So uh, Tony leaves to protect Le Bon Nui. And Cheryl is real salty and real weepy about it. Yeah, because the gang that she set up, apparently she wanted. But she kept saying Tony was in charge of it, I'll, so... I'll say for all this insane stuff Cheryl's doing, it's all stuff that it makes sense Cheryl would do. She literally made a gang to make her girlfriend feel better that she got her kicked out of her old gang, but was like, but it's my gang. But I made it. I made the, I made it for you, but it's my gang. You're my pet, Tony. That's... So, I mean, it's a cool... It's a cool storyline. Yeah. And I will say Madeline Pichish, that's not how you pronounce her last name. Yeah. Is actually a really good actor because I've yeah. seen her YouTubes. Yeah, and she is nothing like Crazy Cheryl. So Tony leaves, uh, leaves to protect Le Bon Nui, and it's her and another pretty poison. And Gladys comes up, and they're like, 
Mm, you can't enter without an engraved invitation. And so she's off, and then Hiram comes up. And then Veronica's like, no, Hiram, be a good person. Stop taking advantage of me. <laughs> yeah. Also, if I... you prove you can do that, you can come back. Yeah. And I will pay you back. Stop dangling money over my head. <laughs> and... And that's a very interesting scene. Me and Aaron spent a lot of time looking at the background people and just being like, there's a lot of adults yeah. at this secret speakeasy. It's all adults lining up to get in. Why? Why? Aaron, can you imagine if you were like, hey, did you hear about this club that has run by a child? Let's go. <laughs> it's a cool adult place to hang out, run by a child. You know what? I'm an adult. I never want to line up to get in anywhere. I, I still can't figure out, like... She says secret speakeasy, and if we're supposed to take that as word, that it is a secret speakeasy, it means all these people are supposed to be, like, shady people, I guess. But they don't look shady. And also, like, the reason speakeasy existed was because there's, like, prohibition, so the concept of having alcohol was illegal, which is why normal people would go to yeah. a speakeasy, is because you're like, there's only place you can get alcohol. There's bars in Riverdale. And there's lots of places in Calgary now that are, like, speakeasy-themed where you, like, need a password to get in. Yeah. But that's just a fun theme. Yeah, you have a Facebook page. And that's for people, like... Well, I mean, it's for all people, but mostly it's for people, like, in their 20s. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, sure, whatever. Whatever has happened with Bonnui. So, meanwhile, meanwhile, Betty is sad staring at a candle instead of packing. She's thinking about burning her hand with a candle, which is a lot better than a Bunsen burner. Good choice. But instead, after Alice comes in, she just walks around with the candle in her hand. Looking at her house sadly. Yeah. Meanwhile, looking at things sadly, Archie stares sadly at the names in the G&G creepy house. As the serpents and subgargoyles, who are basically serpents, clear out the house around him. Aaron, we can't call them serpents anymore. They will keep calling them ser serpents. We know what to call them, though. The sheriff deputies. The deputies are doing a lot of cleaning, because this is good after, you know, lots of cleaning. Maybe some atomic bombs. Yeah. It's going to be their new hangout. Well, they say it's our new HQ. I'm like... You work for the police department. You can just go to the police station. <laughs> you can go to the police Your new clubhouse, the police station, where you work. <laughs> but more importantly, Jughead is like, Archie, I see you're sad that your name is on the list. Maybe you should stop playing a game you never started playing. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he said it's time to finish. Like, we have to finish this somehow. And Archie's like, you mean my life? No, no, no. No, we're just going to figure out who's doing this to you and stop them. Archie, we're going to focus on your plot line for a little bit, because you've been off doing some weird nonsense somewhere else. You got attacked by a bear. That's crazy. Let's bring you back into the plot. Archie, we can't trust you to be alone. So me and Betty, yeah, as, as, Betty as, shows as, up. As if to say, like, yeah, no, we're going to do your plot line. Betty shows up. And she's like, yeah, your plot line. I feel really good about my plot line. She is... This is what I mean by Lily Reinhold's uh, face acting, because... We know she's done something. Yeah, she's like, like, oh, you seem happy. She's like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> cut back <laughs> cut back to the Cooper household, where... <laughs> where the fire out, alarm where, is going off. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? Betty, where are you? Then she turns around, and the, holy crap! <laughs> the entire front-facing wall of the living room is crazy on fire. I'm like, how did you not see that from outside? How did you not look at your front window and be like, there's flames. Those are flames. Things are happening. She walked into her house like the oven was, was like, smoking. I mean, conveniently, 
Betty doesn't live there anymore. It's, it's true. That's for the mysterious overseas buyer to... If you sold your house and it burned down before the new people took possession of it... Depends if they can prove it's arson or not. Because mm. they said they're an escrow, which means they don't actually own it. Yeah, no one owns it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are why they were leaving immediately. Yeah. Well, oh. uh, yeah. So, uh, in in an episode of things happening that have happened before, Betty burns her house down. Well, but while Cheryl chaotic burned her house down, Betty carefully and methodically burned her house down by setting the front on fire. Yeah, and then just left to go eat Jughead. At least she didn't do it while her mom was in the house. Yep, and we did have that earlier scene where people were being like, Betty, if you want to stay with one of us, you can. And she will. Yeah. And it will be Archie's garage. Not Jughead? I guess Gladys is there. Where is she possibly going to sleep in that trailer? I guess Gladys is there, yeah. Gladys is there. The jelly bean is there. Yeah. The boys are already sleeping on the couch. Yeah, probably with Archie. Yeah. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where drama methodically and carefully burned its house down, leaving only drama standing in the charred remains? I did. I found a moment where the storyline was not progressed. Just crazy drama. And that was when we first met Ricky and he was sitting in the dark flicking a lighter. (laughs) <laughs> that literally only happened. So we'd be like, ooh, ooh, what a creepy child. He didn't even burn anything down later. He had no fire elements to his personality at all. No, I guess if we, I guess if he was sitting in the dark just like fingering a knife, it would have been too much. And I don't think even Josie could be like, hey, little buddy. But you know what he could have been doing? Because it seems like a supp- supply closet he was in. Yeah. You know how they often have those lights with the strings? Just... <laughs> Or he could have been doing nothing. Like, maybe he just trips over something in the closet. Should have been, like, rolling a D20 or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But that, that'll play the hand because no one uses a D20 except for evil people. How dare you play D&D? <laughs> Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of moments in here. But the yeah. moment that I guess Adbor or drama but literally had no consequences was whether it be being, like, one more strike. Because we see later something that should be a strike, and there is no con- there's no like response to it at all. Yeah, him like if if he had just done a vague threat like "I'm watching you," that would have been better. But him saying one more strike, and then literally something happening that should have been a strike. Also, what are the consequences of the one more strike? Is he going to kick? <laughs> All of the serpents and sub-gargoyles out of the school? He's going to tell them, can't be a gang anymore, like he did with Archie's militia. Because they're already not a gang. Is he just going to disband the serpents and swords club? Yeah, we're just getting getting to the point where, like, uh, that's, I don't, I don't under, I don't, like, there's, I don't understand consequences or motivations or, like, what, like, I understand, I I understand Archie. At this point, Archie is still being targeted for death but instead of Hiram it's the gargoyles but and also Hiram is somehow involved maybe I thought he I thought I so because there was a scene where he said call me king or something so I thought he was the gargoyle king I feel very bad for Archie because of all, out of all of the characters on the show he has literally done the least <laughs> it had the most like I think between him and Betty has had the most happen to them. Yeah. And he, like, Betty at least does investigations. Yeah. I 
I am I'm confused because because like. So Hiram was using Tallboy to control the gargoyles, but clearly there's some, like he j- he just was using something that was already existing. I guess I think at this point we have to assume that, but that means the only person who can be the gargoyle king now, I think, is Edgar Evernever. Yeah, I'm, and this is what I thought beforehand because you have creepy cult and creepy cult like thing. Like it has to be him. There's no other. Yeah, because uh, like it. Like, like, I guess part of it's supposed to be the mystery of what's going on, but it's to the point that is frustrating. It's too much. Because they give out information, and the information isn't even, like, it's not even, it's not like red herrings. It's just, like, they give out information that's wrong. Which is, you know. Not how a mystery is made. Yeah. And I mean, crafted. yeah, people come to miss beliefs. But, the was, we, but, like, a good mystery should have viable red herrings. Well, and I also never got the, got the implication that, um... Hiram has been dis- like he's not the Gargoyle King. He was just using that moment. Yeah, that's not been clear. Yeah, which yeah. means that there still has to be a Gargoyle King somewhere. And, and there's also the one from the past, which was claimed to be um, uh, who claimed to be that one from the Betty's past? Betty's dad. Betty's dad. T- but we know he- it wasn't Hal. But that was a lie. So that has to be answered to at some point. Yeah, and it's just it's too much. Like there's too much spectacle brought in of being like oh but this mystery oh but this mystery oh but this thing going on but I feel like nothing's getting resolved and I think it's totally feasible to have a season long mystery that takes 22 episodes to get to like that's reasonable yeah yeah well hey uh, if you if you also have a mystery that you're trying to solve then hit us up you can give us a rating uh, review a subscription on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. I've seen, been seeing we've been getting a lot of Spotify streams, and that's cool. And we're getting lots of new fans hitting us up on our social media, on Twitter, on Instagram. I want to thank Morgan for your recent uh, Instagram story. That was really cool. Yeah, it's it, we we love hearing from you guys. We're sort of just shouting into the ether here sometimes. It's great to hear from you. So all of our socials is podcast MOA, podcast MOA. If you're going to do email, just tack a gmail.com on the end there. Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll get back to you. And uh, hopefully there's some more Riverdale next week. How is Archie going to finish his game? How will Gladys respond to the new direction of the serpents? What crazy lady is going to burn her house down next? Answers all this and more next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast. Veronica. Veronica. The Pembroke wants to burn.